Craig. Hello, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hello, and welcome back to the paddock. Today, you're joined by myself, Hannah, Leanne, Drea, and Ido, as we chat all things about our favorite Monogast driver, Charles Leclerc. And we're going to go ahead and dive right into the start of his career from all things karting to his family. For all y'all know, Charles is a Monegasque racing driver currently living in Monte Carlo, Monaco. He is trilingual, fluent in French, Italian, and English, even though his English is a little broken. Actually, for all y'all who don't know, Charles' full name is Charles Marc Hervé Percival Leclerc. The Hervé in Charles's name is for his late father. He was who got Charles into motorsports. Hervé actually raced in F3 from 1983 to 1988, and he raced in 22 races. When Charles was of age, Hervé started taking him to his close French friend's track. That friend was Felipe Bianchi, the father of Charles's close friend and godfather, Jules. In the mid-2010s, Jules even took it upon himself to reach out to Nicholas Tott to represent Charles, since Hervé no longer had the budget to help him finish his karting career. Quick fun fact about Tot, his father Jean was Ferrari's sporting director during the amazing Schumacher years of Ferrari 2000-2004 when he won five titles in a row. Hannah will have another fun Nicholas fact a little bit later. Back to Charles's life now. Jules and his father helped alongside Tot to help with Charles's career financially. They were able to keep him in another year of the international karting season. I'm going to do a quick jump forward now because the details of Charles' career will come up shortly in this episode. Sadly, Charles did lose both Hervé and Jules only a year apart, but Charles said in his video reviewing his career on the F1 website that my father and Jules always taught me to keep my feet on the ground and not stop trying. I think they would be very proud of me now. Charles is very open about being a family man and how close he is to his mom. In a recent F1 video, he brought up that she even cuts his hair. Still to this day, we love a man that trusts his mother with his hair, and Mama Claire does an amazing job with it, if that is a true fact from him and not just a little joke. Seeing his closeness with his very supportive siblings is also incredible. Charles has even mentioned that Arthur had to take a back seat when it came to driving because the family had to pick his career over his little brothers since they couldn't afford both of them once Charles was excelling. Lorenzo, the oldest of the three, really tries to be there for both siblings as much as he can. You can usually find him traveling to at least one of their races. Lorenzo once even joked in Charles's YouTube video, I believe it was the Monaco vlog that he has, that... When his brothers start getting good, especially like pickleball, that's when he jokingly like gives up. Charles started his karting career in 2005, winning the French PACA championship that same year. He continued to win again in 2006, as well as 2009. Furthermore, with many monumental achievements, like previously mentioned, he had a very successful karting career. To continue out into his final year, where he finished second in the Chick Fia World KZ Championship. Sorry, that's wrong. Behind the current Red Bull Formula One driver, Max Verstappen. 
Throughout his karting career, which lasted from 2005 till 2013, during this time, he was sponsored by All Road Management Company, which was owned actually by Nicholas Tott. And like Leanne mentioned, he was a previous F1 driver. Fun fact, in 2011, Charles won the International Karting Commission and Arton Senna didn't win that title in karting till he was 22 years old. Just to put that into perspective on Charles' career. Yeah, and after he finished karting and moved on to F3, he actually tore through all the liver formulas, moving up a level every single season. So for 2014, he graduated to single-seater racing with Formula Renault 2.0 Alps, racing for Fortec. And honestly, he had an excellent season that year, finishing second behind F1 driver Nick DeVries. And as a rookie, because Nick at that point was a rookie, if you guys don't know, Nick's three years older than Charles. And that's an amazing achievement. He managed seven podiums, double victories in Monza, because if you guys didn't know, Formula Renault, Formula 3, and Formula 2 all over their race weekends have multiple races, not just the one feature race that F1's usually known for. So he managed double victories at Monza, and as we'll see later, it's no surprise because that track really suits his driving style. His second place in the standings also meant that he won the junior championship that year. In the same year, he was also guest driver for Fortec in the EuroCup Formula Renault 2.0, getting on the podium 50% of the time, as well as all podium finishes being second place. In Formula 3 in 2015, he raced in the European Championship with Von Amsfort, a team that had many prominent names associated with it in the past, as well as after Charles, such as Max Verstappen, Colin Elliott, Antoine Hubert, Mick Schumacher, and even Sophia Florsch, who is a woman currently racing, the only woman currently racing in F3. The first race of that season, already so I'm starting on pole for two out of three races due to the original pole sitter, Felix Rosenquist, being disqualified due to a t- technical issue. It was a very strong first weekend for him all around as he managed his first race victory that weekend as well. The next ride at Hockenheim went even better though. As a time on the podium for all three races of that weekend, with one of them being on the top step. Round three at Spa saw him take the lead in the championship. And as I said, he was virtually unstoppable with that race win. However, at the end of the season, he sadly only managed to finish fourth in the standings overall, mostly due to a collision at the Dutch VP with fellow F1 driver Lance Stroll. In 2016, Leclerc joined the Ferrari Drivers Academy and acted as the development driver for Haas F1 team and Scuderia Ferrari. As part of his role as development driver, Leclerc participated in the first practice session driving for Haas 
It was believed that if Leclerc won the GP3 Series Championship, he would end up follow Daniel Vought and Valtteri Bottas directly from GP3 into F1 with Haas. Which leads us into Formula 2. So after finishing at the top of the standings in GP Series, he joined Prima Racing as one of their F2 drivers in the 2017 season. His time with them was truly impressive. Some of the highlights include the Bahrain Sprint Race, where he won even though the team decided to pit him during the race, which is very unusual and not required for a sprint race. That stop dropped him down to 14th place. However, he managed to fight his way back to the top past 13 cars, winning the race by overtaking Luca Giotto on the last lap. As we mentioned in our conspiracy episode a while back, he sadly didn't fare well during his home GP, which left him without points. Very unusual for him as he even managed to win Barcelona despite radio issues. The next round in Baku once again saw him on pole, which he dedicated to his father who had passed away not 48 hours prior. Man, this man is strong for being able to race with all of that stress on him. Sadly, he couldn't convert that pole into a win due to a penalty, but at least he still finished on the podium. The rest of the season continued in a similar fashion, and by the time they raced in Jerez at the end of the season, Leclerc had a comfortable 57-point lead over Oliver Rowland. So, yeah. And 2018 saw him enter Formula One with Alfred Mayo. So with Sauber, because his dad passed away the year before, and at that point, while he was in talks with Sauber for that seat that he ultimately got, it wasn't a done deal by the time his dad was dying. But to see his dad happy... They actually told his dad that he got the seat, like that he signed the contract, even though he hadn't at that point, just to make him happy. And to like show him that, yes, all the time his dad invested in him paid off, which was kind of cute. He talked about all of this in a 2018 YouTube video at the Monaco GP. So, while he wasn't the first Monegasque in F1, that would have been Louis Chiron in 1950, he was the first one since Chiron to score points, which he did at Baku that year, coming in sixth. Much like the previous year in F2, Monaco only spelled trouble for Charles, where he collided with Brandon Hartley on the last few laps, forcing both cars to retire, Better luck followed, though, with three race finishes in the points before the car turned once again for the next five races because they saw no points. His last two points of the season came in Singapore and Russia. All those points meant that he would finish 13th in the driver's standing his rookie year. And maybe, more impressively, he was also able to out-qualify his teammate Marcus Ericsson 17 times out of the 21 races. And with that impressive statistic, he was able to get signed at Ferrari as the second youngest driver ever to do so. 
Yeah, so like Ida said, um, Ferrari signed Charles Leclerc for the 2019 season, where he ended up actually signing a multi-year contract of four years. He ended up having a very successful career with Ferrari, finishing fourth place in the championship with a total of 264 points, which ended up being ahead of his teammate Vettel during his first season. Remarkable season. He recorded 10 podium finishes, two wins, four fastest lap times, and most pole positions of any driver that season. He also this year became the first Monegasque to win an F1 World Championship GP. And then, you know, the world just had to get affected by COVID-19. So in 2020, when there was no races, we had Charles joining the lovely Twitch Quartet which was Lando Norris, Charles Leclerc, George Russell, and Alex Albon. And they just, you know, really just spent their days giving us all the content that we could ever want and still need to this day for our relaxation videos of just them driving 18-wheelers in Italy and, you know, lawnmower races. Alex Abbott crashing into random people that he doesn't know. Just all that fun stuff. They really gave us that joy in 2020. But once he could start enjoying the world again, Charles won the Monaco Medal of Honor, which was an achievement to win from his hometown. At the Syrian race, Leclerc collided with his teammate Sebastian Vettel on his first lap, causing them both to retire which is not a great way to get back into racing after you haven't been able to even sit in a car for a while. Despite the fact that the stewards took no action, viewing the collision as a racing incident and giving them no penalties, either one of them, Leclerc did accept full responsibility for the collision, saying in one of his post-race interviews, I've been a total asshole today and I fucked it up. Which, I mean, we know Charles tries not to drop an F-bomb in an interview, but you know, sometimes warranted. It always is, in my opinion, but go off. Prior to the race, though, he was given a three-place penalty for impeding on, honestly, y'all correct me on this name, because I know I'm going to mess it up, Daniel Kivat? Kivet? Kivat? Kivat. What Ido said. <laughs> and that, that happened in the qualifying session, so <laughs> anyways... This was unfortunately the year of many controversies in the sport, and many F1 drivers, including Charles, dealt with a lot coming up to the 70th anniversary of Silverstone Race. Despite all of that, he finished the championship that year in eighth, scoring 98 points total for the season. Into 2021 now. Ferrari and Charles extended his contract from ending in 2023 to ending in 2024, being a five-year contract instead of the intended four-year. This year was also the start of Carlos Sainz and Charles' era. The C-squared has arrived, y'all, replacing his previous teammate, Vettel. Charles struggled with pace in the Imola race. What a lovely rhyme. And other car failures throughout the year. I'm so disappointed was probably a very sad interview for all of us to hear from Charles, just that quote. Ultimately causing downfall with gaining podiums and points for the year, Charles placed seventh in the driver's standing that year. 2021 was the first time in his Ferrari career where he had gotten beaten by his teammate. He did, however, come to be very close with Carlos as his new teammate 
and has also shown in 2022 to be a brother-to-brother friendship. So Charles had a remarkable race in 2022 winning the first GP going into the season at the Bahrain circuit. He also received the fastest lap at the Bahrain, leading into an incredible season. Charles suffered some penalties, like given in the Belgium, due to a pit stop error. Also in Monza, Ferrari's home race, due to a pit during a virtual safety car, while he was meant to finish first, he ended up in second place behind Max Verstappen, Um, which was a little upsetting because we all know it's Ferrari's home race. Who wouldn't want to be podium, and especially in first? But all in all, in Abu Dhabi, despite a close call with Sergio Perez, who was at equal points leading up to the race, Leclerc was able to secure both second place in the Drivers' Championship and second in the Constructors' Championship with Ferrari. Overall, a successful season for Charles and Ferrari. Now. Going into current, a few statistics for you from his career standings. So overall, Charles has had five race wins, 19 pole positions, and a total of 107 races in his F1 career to date since 2018. This year, though, so far for Charles, has suffered some complications. For everybody who's been watching the races so far, he's had issues with the car and driving. He has unfortunately had two DNFs, a couple gearbox changes, and upgrades that are not working how they intended to date. What could the remainder of the year hold, you ask? With the upcoming Monaco race this weekend, and it being his home race, I'd be interested in the standings of what Ferrari has been able to do to the car due to having the last two weeks off because Imola getting canceled. Now that we know all about Charles' statistics and racing, let's go into his personal life, a little bit of fun. So, he has a car collection, what F1 driver doesn't, and his cars, they all in the garage, his coal collection is worth 7 mil. A lot of money, but clearly they have money to spend. So, after extensive internet research that I have cross-checked, because it's literally everywhere in what cars he drives and which are in his collections. He has a Bugatti Chiron that he paid about three mil for. Fancy, fancy. And then the car that we all know and love, because it's literally posted everywhere. If you're in Monaco, you're most likely going to see him in this one. It's that grayish black with the the stripes down the middle. Is his Ferrari 488 Pista that he had custom made and it has his logo kind of behind the side window and then the stripes are actually representing the Monegasque flag the next car he kind of bought because he liked it but also it makes him a traitor because it's a mclaren gt although he does love lando so it's fine another ferrari that he has in his collection is the gtc4 lucos And then his next ones are a little more normal. He has a Jaguar XF. And then he has a Land Rover Discovery for when he wants to go incognito. So honestly, be on the lookout for that one. Maybe he's driving around Monaco and y'all don't know it because his car is so noticeable. And then last but not least, he has a love the alliteration of Rolls Royce Wraith to round out the collection. I will say with his collection being this nice, he is trending on Twitter a couple weeks ago for not being able to park in the lines. 
Like, he's an F1 driver. He races for a living. And they literally have so many pictures of him not being able to park in the lines. And that makes him a relatable king. It makes us feel a little bit more connected to him in normal. I'm going to tell you, Dre, not me. I park straight and I am stressed out if I'm crooked. So that's the only thing about him other than him chomping his gum that stresses me out. And as someone who has lived in Texas most of her life and has to parallel park everywhere, if you can't parallel correctly, you get judged badly. And you had to learn in trucks, which is even worse. I would love to see Charles try to do that then without his parking goes just getting in the lines the right way pulling in i want to see it backing up and parallel parking tbh hearing you guys talk about parking just makes me glad i can't drive i mean yeah parking's probably the part that sucks but nowadays they have the cameras so you'd be okay you know you'd be okay maybe charles needs those like the overhead cameras they have in the new cars that car for sure has he's no, he can afford to he doesn't look if at he it. doesn't have it. He just it's, doesn't do it. Yeah, and the thing is, well, those cars tend to have a lot of blind spots in them because of the way their frame is done and the side view mirrors are always so small for the actual size of the car. They make technology to where the backup cameras are there and or self-parking. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't have that. I want it. Plus, also, like, the whole beeping stuff, like, when you back up. Oh, the lane assist? Yeah. Charles? Charles. Uh, maybe they don't have it. Do they have it in Italy? It's a weird freaking made. He just, listen, the moral of the story, little baby boy can't park to save his life. Drea, tell us more about him before we get frustrated over his parking. I'll teach him. I'll teach him. Clearly, we all need to have a parking contest with Charles. But moving on, not only does he collect cars, he's found a new hobby. He's now collecting yachts. Max is out here getting jets, being a jet setter. Charles is over here collecting his yachts. So his first yacht that he had was pictured a couple years ago, and it was named Monza. Possibly after where he won his first race in F1. That's what I'm going to go with. And he currently has a yacht that we've all seen this past year in his vlogs over the summer. That is a Riva Sportfly 66 Rybel, which he named Sedici, which means 16 in Italian. So he named it after his car number. A side note is that this yacht is super expensive. But he did do a commercial with the yacht company. And so maybe they gave him a discount. I don't think he needs one. But maybe he had an in on how to get one. Be really cool if they just gave it to him, though. Perks of being a driver, maybe. He usually goes on vacation during his breaks. And as I said, it'll be like he'll sometimes film this stuff and put it in his vlogs and everything. So that's how we know about it. Charles, we're not stalking you. You clearly put it out in the internet for all of us to see. And so he also spends a lot of time with his family. You can usually see him hanging out with his brothers and his mom during holidays. Or like he'll take the first part of any break that they have in F1 and hang out with his friends. And then he'll go and do like a family vacation or family break. Or if Arthur has something going on that weekend that he's off, he'll go and support Arthur. Also, 
he does do a lot of random things that, like he says, are his vacation. But mountain climbing, the mountain hiking he did and released a video, I don't know if that was his decision or if marketing said this would be really cool. We clearly know he can be talked into anything because cut to the promo stuff for Las Vegas GP and he's in the wig with the sequence jacket. I will say, Dre, he's he's talked about how much he likes doing all of the ice pick climbing and stuff like him and his brothers have started to plan and train to do like a bigger mountain. Like, so he does actually enjoy that shit. And honestly, I got really jealous because I love all the winter stuff. So like for me, I was like, you doing all the things I want to do. It was just entertaining also to see the videos. But so fucking scary. Yeah. And I think he also mentioned that he loves learning new things and exploring new places. So that could be one of the reasons why he's learning. For all of y'all who don't know, Novik Djokovic and Charles Leclerc went head-to-head in a celebrity football match for a charity to support and raise funds to help disadvantaged children. This is an annual star team for the children of MC, where they will face off against the all-star drivers team. Charles had many F1 drivers play on his team, from Carlos to Fernando, Pierre, and many more. The crossover from sports of Novak being a tennis player and Charles being an F1 driver, of course, it was interesting territory to say the least. For all of y'all who don't know, catch clips of the soccer event on social media. Also catch clips of his music. He has dropped two songs on Spotify. He's a chart trender. Literally within the first few days of him releasing, he was on the top charts. Up there with who's currently on the top charts girl (laughs) all right i don't know because i just cared about charles that's how good he was with his songs he wasn't even singing he was playing piano that is how good this man is so he released his first song after australia and he had some problems releasing it and some people in the u.s could not get to it so they had to hear the ripped version on everyone else who screen recorded it for us on the internet and then put it on tiktok or Twitter or something. I was one of those people I could not get it. It kept saying there was an error. He did very quickly, probably quicker than most artists, go on to all of his platforms and say he is so sorry and his team is working on it. And they really did fix it within a day. So props to him. He's already ahead of most artists with trying to fix problems. In a press conference for the Miami Grand Prix, a moderator asked if Charles was going to take over the American music scene because America has a lot of artists and everyone knows it's a little easier to come here and get started. And Charles jokingly said that only if they're into depressing music, which clearly he hasn't spent enough time here because that's pretty much all we listen to for the most part. And he also announced that he was releasing his next song after they left the Miami Grand Prix. And it is pretty good too. It's a great song to listen to when you like need to get stuff done. Like you mentioned, he has quoted some of his music is quite depressing, and it sounds like he almost channels his feelings in the moment to his music. Wonder if that helps him cope with it. Love it. Um, For all of y'all who don't know, Charles is an avid piano player, and he actually went to the same piano teacher as Nick DeVries, but didn't end up sticking around with that teacher and is actually self-taught. He finds playing the piano very satisfying and has released two songs. They are amazing. And when he released it on his social media, 
thousands, thousands across the world pre-saved the songs. So as soon as it dropped, everybody could feel the love with him. I just found the uh, chart for when his song was out. So it was number six on iTunes song chart and like worldwide. And he was ahead of Pink and Ed Sheeran. So pretty good. Above Ed Sheeran. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was number six. And Ed Sheeran Eyes Closed was number eight that week. That's crazy. Yeah. Go off, Charles. That was two days after he released his first song. Showing you how powerful F1 fandoms are. Just how good his song was. That too. And I think it portrayed his feelings into his music, which then portrayed to the audience, which even makes it more magical and easier to listen because then we get to experience some of his world outside of Formula One and who he is. Isn't that the song he also released on his Instagram story um, like a week or two before? And then I think it got such a good review from it that we all requested he release it in real life on Spotify and stuff. And he did. Yeah, that was definitely the one that he was doing. Yeah, that's actually true because um, it in one of the videos that F1 released on their YouTube channel, he talked about writing music for himself. But he said in that video specifically, he's not going to release anything. And then, I guess, social media got ran with it and was like, we want the music, we want the music. And lo and behold, he started releasing it. I mean, that's just a talented guy all around. And i just waiting to figure out what he uh, can't do because he keeps proving that he has way too many talents that that can fit in his however tall he is body like save some talent for the uh rest of the world thank you so much charles multilingual he looks like a disney prince he's an f1 driver and now he's a musician honestly he has all the factors you left out like 85 other things that he can do i mean yes but my mind was blinking he has too many to go over all of them You know, it's so funny that you say a Disney prince because I read an article. um, It was like a memoir of his life. And it actually had stated that he was like an up and coming prince started from the bottom. Now we're here type of vibes. Like, look at where he came and who he is now. Like, that is impeccable. He is kind of the honorary prince of Monaco. I mean, he is friends with the actual prince of Monaco, but they he is treated like the actual royalty there. There were pictures up that the Prince of Monaco was taking pictures of Charles. Yeah. I was just about to mention that. (laughs) So the Prince of Monaco is even like, oh my gosh, it's Charles Leclerc. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) And also funny, if you look at um, the driver like lineup national anthem thing of last year's race, you see Charles in the front then you have a row of like the prince and princess of Monaco and all the like important Monegasque people. And then you have a line of bunch of lines of drivers behind them. And Charles was just like at the front chilling. He is, he is their prince. He is the, the true is. prince, it feels. He did say somewhere else that his most famous person in his phone is the prince of Monaco. So it's always been known. I was just going to say, when is it going to be official then? Like, come on, pen and paper. Are you at? 
It's fine. He's already mm-hmm. Lord Percival, so I think we gave him too much power if we actually make him a prince. He already has he gave- too many things. Carlos gave him that power. We didn't give him shit. <laughs> Lord Percival. Very true. So moving on to our favorite part, well, maybe my favorite part of our episodes. Today we're going to do the funny driver quote one, and each of us are going to say our favorite Charles quote. So mine would definitely be where he said, I am stupid. Just middle of the race, and all he does is go, I am stupid. I don't know. I love it. I personally, because I relate to it, I really love his, I love depressive music because same, you will always catch me in the car singing to depressing music, uh, especially if like, She Used to Be Mine from Waitress comes on, I'll replay that five times before I'm over it and then I'll move on to another one and then it'll end up being another depressing music. So I love depressive music. That one's mine. Yeah. I mean, for me, Honestly, it has to be the all-around famous Just an Incident because A, I have a keychain that says it, and B, for me, it was kind of a cute foreshadowing of what Max and his relationship would be down the line. Like, rivals on track that are not afraid to, like, um, basically throw each other off the track, but on the other hand, off track, they hold a deep respect for each other which you can see in like how they interact like post-race during press conferences everything it just reminds me of other great f1 rivalries like hunt and lauda clark and hill or even more recent seb and lewis i'm gonna give a throwback for my quote because my quote comes from lockdown quarantine times and it is when he is in his banana suit And he goes, oh, my God. Okay, in the Charles voice. I clearly can't do it, but I'm going to try. Oh, my God. I have never looked so good. (laughs) Just iconic. Like, he knows he does not look the great. Well, it is Charles, so he always looks good. But he knows that he was looking dumb at that moment. But it was so funny. I love that one. If you ever need to pick me up, just picture him in his banana suit saying that. Chef's kiss. That wraps up our wonderful Charles episode today. We hope you learned more or maybe just had a little refresher on number 16. As always, stay up to date with us on socials. Everywhere is at Paddock Girls Podcast, except for Twitter. That one is at Paddock Girls Pod. And because we know Charles is a Twitter-obsessed guy, go ahead, give this a share to him. Tag him in your posts about it. Let's have fun with it and let's see if we can end up as one of his lovely little likes that he just randomly gets caught with so thanks for joining us in the paddock see you at the next race bye craig bye craig yeah craig bye craig <laughs>